tuning into this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. For my for my new listeners, existing listeners, I am Aaron Bien, where I'm always technical and not practical. For this episode, we got a little special uh, little interaction we got for this episode. Once again, for everyone that is tuning in, this is available on all major platforms, Spotify, Anchor, as well as Apple Podcasts. But in this episode, I got a special guest, no other than my man, my brother, T. Russ is in the building. What's up, T. Russ? Thank you for having me, my boy. I appreciate you, man. Happy to be here. I appreciate you for taking time out your day, chopping up. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, we've been trying to set this up for a while now. Yes, sir. Once again, everybody, T. Russell, co-star of the Sunday Dinner Podcast. You can also catch their podcast available on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify. You can also stream it straight from the Anchor, the main platform that we use. Give us a little, T. Russ, give us give the, give the my listeners, I'm sure my listeners also tune into the podcast, but give, give everyone a little rundown of the Sunday Dinner Podcast. Oh, man, for sure. Yeah, so Sunday Dinner Podcast, uh, we're about 57 episodes in. Uh, you know, we cover, you know, music, sports, movies, pop culture, a little bit of everything. We kind of dip and dab a little bit of everything. Uh, so, yeah, we're doing pretty good, man. Just, you know, trying these episodes, you know, um, trying to just, you know, keep it consistent. That's kind of been the main goal. I know. Yeah, y'all got a good good, good thing. Appreciate it. Shout out to my boy, Oren College. Yes, sir. College, uh, alum, fellow Uh-oh. for alum. You know, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't heard, you know, I ain't talked to him for a minute. I hope he's good. Y'all be all doing y'all thing over there. Sunday Dinner Podcast, everybody. You can also follow my boy T. Russ, Twitter, Instagram, T. Russell. Three yeah. L's because somebody took the two L's from me, so I had to do the three L's. <laughs> three L's on all social media platforms. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to have all the information <laughs> available in the description so nobody can make that mistake when they're looking for you. <laughs> You know, he's a good follow, you know, if you want to debate music and sports. But my first topic is always, you know, music. I know you're a music savant. You're a music connoisseur. And obviously there's some big, uh, big uh, award given out to our man, Drake, OVO. What's your first thought when you uh, saw that Drake won the uh, Artist of the uh, Decade? Honestly, because I heard about it like last year when he did the Rap Radar interview, and I'm like, I can't think of anybody else who was like more deserving from like, especially in the 2010s too. If you look at just like from the beginning to the end of it, like just pure dominance, like just as a time like creating where it was like, yo, he was literally every year it was like, can you do it again? Oh, he's not gonna be able to do it. And it's just like summer after summer, dude kept us consistent, kept us you know with hits after hits. You know what I'm saying? Went through major controversies, a whole bunch of stuff. Told he couldn't rap with this person, out rap this person. So I thought it was just well-deserving. It was good to see, like, you know, that moment to actually get your flowers. Because most of the time, like, an artist of that magnitude, you either don't ever get your flowers or you got to wait till you die for people to fully appreciate you. So I think it was dope kind of seeing that moment and just, like, kind of seeing, like, him capture it and be able to, you know, put it all together. Plus, the video they did for it, had my guy Brian narrating it, and I'm like, yo, this is Yeah, fire. that's our so. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that was definitely a good cap to the cap to the decade for him. And honestly, I do truly believe he is the artist of the decade. Because I think, I mean, you could, there's other artists you could pop, but I mean, they're like a distant second. And yeah. just like, he had three phases. And it was like, so remarkable that he gave us from the early 2000s. Like, honestly, he, he can go back, like his work from two, like starting off 2007, 2010. Mm-hmm. Could have gave him honorable mention, but just his transition from when starting 2010 from his first album, Thank Me Later. Then he transitioned to my favorite, Take Care. And then as he went on, I honestly think he's this generation's. He might not be, I won't say he's to the magnitude of Michael Jackson, but honestly, he's this generation's Michael because there's not yeah, an me, artist out there. Me, 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 and me and Levon have had like numerous conversations about it too. Shout out to the homie Levon. Uh, big shout yeah, out we, to my boy. KB, yeah, big also KB. executive producer of the Being yeah, Technical man. Podcast. Big shout out to my brother KB. Yeah, my, my guy to living his best life, man. Shout out to him. I but yeah, you, uh, I know. definitely. We've had numerous conversations just about like just the impact. And I don't know. I just think the whole like 2010s decades, I think like when you look back at it, like we kind of knew it was more just like, you know, Drake, Kendrick, and Cole. And I feel like all three of them kind of fit like a specific hip hop needed. Like, they had, like, a particular purpose to be there. But I do feel like at some point, Drake, in his opinion, I feel like he kind of took to the point where he's like, I'm going to separate myself from the other two, where it's like, nothing knocking on them, but it's kind of like, I'm still kind of in my own, you know, kind of lane. Like, at this point, like, if you look at Drake's career, he's mainly just breaking his own records. Like, it's to the point where it's just like, 
oh, I got this oh, I got this record in 2018, and I guess I'll go break it in 2020. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like such an interesting time kind of seeing his career. But also, like you said, too, seeing the different phases where it was like just getting the game, okay, you know, got to get my feet wet. Then it was, okay, you're at the top. Can you stay at the top? Then it was like, all right, well, can you repeat, can you repeat past success kind of thing? So I think it's just been super dope. We definitely like spent like, you know, college years up to like now kind of seeing like, damn, like he's kind of like, kind of kind of gone with us in a sense it was like we've actually really seen the dominance of his career because I feel like a lot of greats we kind of hear about it more than we got to actually you know see it and actually be outside for it and stuff exactly because it's like we weren't outside for Tupac and Biggie because it was like bro we were like in like we were like five or six, you know, <laughs> you know like I mean? four or five you know so it's like you know and I feel like with Biggie and Pac they didn't get their flowers until yeah. you know, they died it's like mm-hmm. I feel like they weren't truly appreciated at their time and I feel like Tupac especially Tupac he was such ahead of his time and Absolutely. just the way his raps and how versatile he was. But honestly, with the versatility of Drake, it's just like he comes in three, like so many different phases. Like he can give you that R&B. He can give you that pop dance music. He can also give you bars. And I just think that his music, like as he evolved, he, he was able to adapt and evolve with like the, the trend at the moment. Absolutely. You know? 100%. I know, and I'm just like, and I feel like he, like, it's almost like he followed me through, like, like from high school, like, yep. listening to my, you know, his, uh, that first mixtape, it always, um, So Far Gone, So Far mm-hmm. Gone, it was like, when I first, when I was like, damn, what is this, you know? And I personally think it's one of the best mixtapes I've ever listened to, that in uh, The Drought 3, and No Ceilings, I think I put that in my top three, also with Trapper.Jeezy, and just, like, how he followed me from high school to college, you know, the, with the uh, thank me later, and then he gave us take care, and then with views, score like as it like as I grew, I feel like damn, I have like any time I put on a Drake song, I'm like I remember this time, I'm yeah, like this, and, you know what I mean? Brings you back to that moment. Yeah, he, he his music knows how to like tap an emotion that that you can remember at that instance when you first listen to that song, you know. So like, and what would you say would is your favorite Drake? I guess project song like i know there's so much but like what's the one that like sticks out for you the most like man he had a crazy like this is crazy so i always tell people for me um i feel like the i feel like a lot of people's go-to answers always take care i think it's a great album nothing was the same for me just because i remember the time and just like like just like just the rollout for it and just like how it was all put together and the way they explained like the theme of the album too and I can still listen back to it, and I still get that feeling. Like, damn, this feel like this feel like 2013 all over again. So it really was that that like toward the end of our college uh, college yeah. as we were graduating, that thing was the same. It was like that, and it was. I feel like it didn't get as much hype because it came mm-hmm. right after Take Care, and it was like he couldn't live up. Take Care was so amazing. Everyone was like, uh, even though like nothing was the same, was a great album. You know, like there's always like when when artists or some a movie, anyone that drops something that's so like amazing so fire and then they come up with the next and it's like it's still good but you're like ah uh, because you were expecting like you know like he's gonna come back with even more fire absolutely know? so i think that's what i feel nothing was the same was kind of you know people didn't cor- correlate with it more because of how take care because he dropped take care oh yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah i think that, i think that's definitely a good way to look at it too because like i feel like when you have certain artists where like you have that one album that just like really, really hits. And so it's like, yo, that next album either gotta be like super crazy or like it just gotta like kind of you know like make make us not really forget about the second one, but but be like, oh man, that one's cool. But this one now is like what we're listening to. So yeah, I definitely think it, it was one of those things where it was like it it's still like a really good album, but like take care of it was just like it was you just- can't re like you said, he can't recreate that moment because that moment was just like it 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 just it was the right ingredients for everything that was needed at that point to create like that sound, that music, and just kind of like what it kind of brought to everybody too. And just kind of seeing like how, cause I, remember, I don't know if you remember when Take Care first came out, a lot of people did not like it. And then like, exactly. a, year la- they and, like did. a year and like a year later, everyone caught on, yo, this is heat. I'm like, we told you this a year ago. Like, come on now. And that's what I was, that's what I, and then it just took like, it just took a couple of listens until you were yeah. like, oh my God, you know? And I think for me, excluding Take Care, my favorite, I would say, was Views, just Views because that there. album was so fire. And he was just like, I think that's when he kind of reclaimed his throne yeah. when he came out with Views, you know? He kind of like slid away for a little bit when he came out with Nothing Was the Same Day. Right when he dropped Views, it's like, okay. Then he started dropping, you know, he dropped Controller, 
one dance. Yeah. Then he gave us twenty six um tw- summer twenty sixteen. Then he came with the meek diss, and it was like then he reclaimed. Yeah. Oh, now we know Drake is that dude. You know what I mean? I think I think too with views too. I think views was definitely the transition album where it was like all right, this dude's going from a star to like a superstar. Because at that point it was like all right, I'm everywhere now. Like you're hearing my records everywhere. Like I'm undeniable at this point. The numbers was crazy. Like I'm checking all these boxes. But that's when you had the whole like oh like. Oh, he's not really rapping as well anymore. I think so. I think a lot. I think that album too. I think got a lot of slang. I, I will say, I'm gonna say this, and no, I do believe a lot of people on Twitter's opinion got changed about that album because of Joe Budden. I, I swear think to so God, too. because that rant literally is what like. And now he even goes back and he's like, "Oh, the album's actually really good." I'm like, "So hold on." So 80 percent of Twitter that hates this album literally listened to like they saw a video when Joe Budden was like, "Oh, I listened to the album all the way here." And all the way back, like that whole crazy rant, and they kind of were like, "Oh yeah, he's right, he's right." And now Joe's like, "Oh, I love the album; it's a classic." I'm like, "Bro, Bam come way. on now, <laughs> you know." But you know how it goes, of course. And speaking, obviously, of that plethora of artists, obviously in that 2010 era with um, Drake, uh, what what do you think of uh, Joe uh, J Cole's album? That was good. Dr. J Cole's I, album. I think Cole from I think Cole that whole rollout and just this whole like moment he created was great for him because I think the way. I think because I would say I was one of the people last year where I was expecting a Cole album last year was, you know, kind of hearing when he was talking to 21 Savage and he kind of explained like that was his original plan to drop the fall off last year. Yeah. And they decided to kind of just wait. I was definitely had a high expectation for this one just as far as like it was a, a lot of mystery, too, because like we heard like we heard like, you know, the interlude. We heard, you know, climb back. We heard um, Lion King on Ice. But we mm-hmm. actually never fully actually knew like, OK, this is all the album's going to sound. And then it drops. and You're just like, yo. This and is the call we this is the call we want too. So I was I was very impressed. Oh very yeah, I, well done. The, I think that was like the first album in a while that I listened from beginning to end. And I think yeah. I've always been a J. Cole fan. And I just feel like mm-hmm. the way he built up that anticipation mm-hmm. and it's like he kept everyone kept tweeting, All right, Cole, when are you gonna give us some music? And he took that long period. And it's almost like he felt the pressure, like, all right, I actually have to yeah. live up to this anticipation that I built up. And I gotta give, you know, and every and obviously you know, on Twitter, everyone has their mixed feelings of J. Cole. Some people, yes. some people think he's just mid, or he's just this ph- philosophical rapper that bars sound more, you know, you know, better than they actually are. And I just feel like with J. Cole, you have to have a certain mindset to kind of listen to him. And it's like you had to, you can't just hop on a J. Cole now. Like he's got someone like you had to have listened to from when he first came out until now. Like I've listened to all his albums: Forest Hill Drive, Friday Night Light. You know, he gave us so many, so many of those albums. You know, bro, I I feel that exact same way with like I feel the same way with Drake and Big Sean. Everybody. I feel like those. I feel like those like artists in the 2010s, like the blogger artists. I feel like a lot of us because we've seen their journey. We like you're like yo, you really can't just listen to like the newest album first before you listen to like the warm up, the come up, Friday Night Lights. Uh, uh, Born Center, uh, Sideline Story, oh, Born Four Your Eyes Only, oh, like Forest Hill Drive. Like you have to like kind of see like, okay, this is where he started and this is where he is now. Uh-huh. So I feel like you really just so you can fully understand it. And that's what I say. And I feel like these new, just new generation that they yeah. listen to Jay, like they don't appreciate. Like what is, why y'all like this? Like you had to have listened to him. Like Drake, at least with Drake, you can kind of like pick up on any of those mm-hmm. errors because he's so hot. He has so much music. It's so much yeah. features. You can just hop on. Like obviously even these younger generations can start listening from Drake. Like, yeah, I can understand, you know, his, mm-hmm. his, 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 his dominance. But with J. Cole, you had to have like started in the beginning to truly understand. You had to have been there, man. Exactly, he had to have been there. And, and obviously, he had his little short stint in the Rwandan Basketball League. And mm-hmm. Shout out to him, man. <laughs> Living out of dreams. Did you, are you one of those people that feel that he he stole an opportunity from someone that should have been playing? or Because in my opinion, I think he made that league more relevant. Because who the hell, no offense, is knew any, even knew the Rwandan Basketball League existed until J. Cole participated in it. Yeah, that's my whole thing, too, because I'm just like, I saw because one, one dude was like, yo, like, he took my else's job, you know that. I'm like, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, well, that good that guy that's at home was, like, just undeniably better than Cole, then maybe he wouldn't got Cole's spot and Cole wouldn't have made it. So, and also, too, I feel like regardless of what Cole did, I feel like it was going to be good for that league, like you said, it was going to get them that exposure, because I totally, I remember a couple years ago, they talked about this league, and I totally forgot about it. Like mm-hmm. I, but I remember when they brought it, I was like, oh, okay, that's the league that Adam Silver's been talking about starting in Africa. I was like, okay, yeah. that makes sense now. It made sense. And I feel like, you know, there was no exposure. It was like at the same time, like, everybody's, like, if they know that they can give any exposure to whatever they have, they're going to bring that person on. Like, exactly. what difference is it going to make 
that you gave some guy that's going to be the 12th man on the team. Like, who? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's a business, and they need to get some exposure. And, like, Jake mm-hmm. Cole gave it so much national attention and exposure, even though he's averaging two, three points a game, whatever the case. He is literally making this league more relevant. And then to feed off of that, for example, even in the NFL, look at Tim Tebow. Bro, don't get me started with Tim Tebow, I man. know. I get it. I get it. I understand. But at the same time, Tim Tebow is that perfect example of, we're Jacksonville. Man. We can't sell any fans. Let's just bring a polarizing figure such as Tim Tebow knowing. Look, they sold out his jersey, bro. You know it's Man. business at the end of the day. Man, the sports world been treating, treating Tim Tebow like a, like a make-a-wish kid, man. Like, hey, Tebow, you want to try this sport out? Hey, like, bro, okay, I was, I'm going to tell you, I was the biggest Tebow fan when he was in college for oh. University of Florida. We all remember that. was Arguably the greatest college football player to have ever Crazy. played. College. So he, now, now we all know when he, we all knew this shit is not going to fly in the NFL because you, 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 you kind of ass, but you're not that good. He's not. So he got to the NFL. He did whatever. He, he, he was, he was by average, a little lower than that. Yeah. And my whole thing was like, when you look at it, like, oh well, you know, he, he, he went to baseball and he was like, oh, he, and remember Skip was like, he's putting up all these numbers. I'm like, bro, but he's in the minor leagues. Like, he's not getting no major. So my whole thing is like, I personally feel like for the whole NFL thing. I mean, it's if he makes a team like actually, he's at, like performs well, and I'm proven wrong, cool. But I definitely do feel like this one's probably like, a, hey, let's get the fans excited because Jacksonville, like, we ain't got shit else to be excited for. Like, yeah, we got Trevor Lawrence, but like, he ain't about to take us to the point where it's like, yo, we're a contender now. We're still like trying to like get people in the community excited about it. So I see from the business angle of it, I'm just tired of Tebow in general. I obviously the meet like they've been running this this story, this Tim Tebow yeah. train for like I promise you like six seven years now. And I'm, <laughs> I, I really think he's going to make the team. And I yeah. personally speaking, Tim Tebow is honestly the Christian Leitner of football. In the sense that yeah. he, they were both great college basketball, college basketball, college basketball and football players, both arguably one of the greatest college athletes to ever play in the NCAA. But, you know, they were just mid to below average when it came to the professional level. And with Tim Tebow, he draws so much attention. And obviously mm-hmm. – Tim, obviously, who runs Jacksonville? Urban Meyer, the, the man that he arguably, co- you know, coached at Florida, ironically, mm-hmm. won, saw major success. He won the Heisman in college. And it's like, just like sports, like, like even like, you know, the professional world, it's who you know at the end of the day. And he, it's eventually, he knew somebody like, sure, he may be taking a spot from a, a, a deserving tight end that actually played tight end in college, you know, but at the same time, it's like, it's a business. This guy's going to make me money. He's going to generate interest in Jacksonville. We got the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. How do we generate? Because, you know, Jacksonville was getting their games blacked out for how many years now? I haven't seen a Jacksonville game since, like, what? Bro, maybe when, maybe like when they had Jalen Ramsey. The only time you ever pay attention to Jacksonville is if you have somebody on your fantasy <laughs> team that plays for Jacksonville. Man, maybe maybe it was back like when like, uh, when, when were they? It was the year when they were, when they were like actually like in the AFC Championship. That was like, like the, 2017. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I watched when they played the, the Eagles in London. Whatever. Uh, that was about the last time I really cared about Jacksonville. That's what I'm saying. I watched Jacksonville maybe occasionally here and there if they're like on red zone, and I got Allen Robinson on my fantasy team. Other than that, and then that's that. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to generate that. Fa- and I honestly think he's gonna make a team. Tim Tebow probably watched Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Like, hold up now. If they can, can do that. that quarterback <laughs> into some Swiss Army knife tight end slash wildcat, because Tim Tebow could still play a little wildcat. You know, like he's he's like, if he can do that and make money, I think I can do that too. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I, I definitely want to see how it pans out. Um, definitely kind of. You're curious, like everybody else is. Yeah, I, I do. I do think that we're probably not gonna care about like week seven. <laughs> we're probably not, but at least like from preseason, we're curious. Oh like, yeah. Okay, how's he gonna do? Tra- like they yeah. know the media hype is gonna follow him, and I know he will make that team. They are not going to cut him because you. Everybody bought his jersey, and at this point, they're like, okay, we at least he's gonna make. The, he's gonna make the fifty-three man roster. I don't care what anybody says. I don't Trevor care. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, I'm begging you, please do not have like a four interception game. They got to throw Tebow in the game, and like we got to hear that bullshit ass quarterback controversy. We should play Tebow. No. I oh, you already know Skip Bayless <laughs> is going to run that train, and they already said 
that Urban Meyer plans on using him as some quarterback, and I already know. <laughs> I can already see him playing some wildcat, getting some looks at the uh, some wildcat runs, and I already know how this, where this is gonna go. Even if it blows up in their face, it was a cheap contract. You know, uh, it was low risk, very low. <laughs> Jacksonville fans, I'm an Eagles fan, and I have seen the whole co- two quarterback shit. Oh. I, don't, I don't wish that on nobody. Shout out my boy Carson Wentz, so I got him in a good organization. You know oh. what I'm saying? But <laughs> well, <laughs> I, hey, I, I, w- I went back and old tweeted. I tweeted at you when I was talking about Carson Wentz versus uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. My bad. I was I was wilding. I look back at it. I was okay. wild. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I'm glad you're one of the few that have you know at least admitted they were wrong because I've been getting I, was wrong. <laughs> I still get slandered to this day on Twitter, and I just want to be. I wanted. I, I just want to be right so bad about Kirk Cousins. Speaking of Kirk Cousins, quarterback of my favorite football team. The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, obviously, me and you have our back and forth on Twitter. And Absolutely, man. <laughs> I, I just like I've been on I've um I've been on tweets. People have blocked me, and obviously, Barf he just he gets fed up when I when he sees that foolish. I, they consider Kirk Cousins mid, and I know you as an unbiased because obviously I'll... you know with the Vikings he's the most polarizing player that we have. Whether some love him, some hate him, there's not really in the middle. All, all I got to say, my Kirk Cousins hate was honestly only because when he was in the NFC East and the Redskins, we never really beat them when they had Kirk Cousins. That's the only hate I have for him. When people try to say Dak Prescott is, like, so much better than Kirk, I'm like, bro, like, where? Like, Bro, you don't understand. <laughs> See, I, 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 my good friends are – I know good Dallas Cowboys fans. They, they will swear up and down. Like, I had a tweet. I think I tweeted Kirk Cousins. And, y'all, you know, I tweeted – Kirk Cousins, $31 million. Y'all thought that was crazy because Dak got yep, $40 million. Yep. Everyone lost their minds and just swear up and Dak, Dak Prescott is so much better. I'm like, what? In, and I, every time I ask people, what is Dak Prescott better at than Kirk Cousins besides he can run a little bit more? He's more mobile. They got nothing for you, man. And you you see these, both of these quarterbacks. You as an Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles fan, you've seen both these quarterbacks in your as a division, so you pay attention more to them than – Kirk used to cause us hell, bro. Bro, I think there was one game I'm, I'm not, for my fantasy championship. I'm not going to lie. The Redskins, the division was on the line. I'll never forget this. The division was on the line for the Redskins. And I had Jordan Reed. I had Kirk. Ah, did they light up the Eagles that Saturday night game? I was like, oh, this boy's the truth. You know, that's when I was like, when I started paying attention to Kirk Cousins, you know. I was like, oh, this, this boy's the truth. Okay, who is this dude, you know. I remember back when he was at Michigan State, and I, I was my guy in uh, NCAA, and I was like, man, this dude kind of nice, and he got to the league, and he was, like, back in – I remember they drafted him with uh, – after um they got RG3, and I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be a problem down the road. And then RG3's knees went to hell and died, and they were like, yep, <laughs> Kirk is the future at this point. And I was like, eh, we kind of – some of us kind of saw when he was in college, man. I know, and, I, and it's like, I don't understand the hate for him. I don't understand why people like the man throws 35 touchdown passes, 4,000 yards. First of all, we've only had two quarterbacks do that for the Minnesota Vikings. Two quarterbacks have done that in our franchise. And somehow, folks, somehow they think that he's terrible and he's mid, mid, mid an average quarterback. I want to know. I want everyone to pull up all these. I want to know what considered an average quarterback. I want to know when has 35, 35 touchdown passes and 4,300 yards all of a sudden became the standard of average. I, that's what I'm curious to know. Yeah, that's what, yeah, because I'm like, that's just mad. Just, like, they, they be treating Kirk Cousins like he's like Mr. Trubisky or something. Like, bro, relax. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. I'm glad. See, this is, that's why I like talking to you, brother. You make hey, some sense. You're just not a blind hater like everybody else that that that's on Twitter. I might troll a little. I'm not going to lie. I might, I might over-exaggerate just a little bit. But I just like to, you know, I just like to add fuel to the fire, you know? I mean, you got to make it interesting, man. With Carson Wentz, I just feel like he was in a bad situation. Yeah. I just think with Carson Wentz, it was more of a mental thing. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think he was he was in a situation in which he saw his backup win a Super Bowl with this team that he had. Mm-hmm. Then he had to, had to play behind, and he had him behind him also. And then he goes to work every day. With a That's statue it. of his backup and the coach right in front of the, you know, Lincoln Financial. And I think I think it was more mental. Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely echo what you're saying. I think for him, because I always tell people, like, Eagles fan, I was like, I was like, for me, I think 
he was, I think after they won the Super Bowl, he was never really set in a position to succeed. Because the problem with the team, too, for me is, like, after they won the Super Bowl in 20, 2018, they literally were like, yo, we can just bring everybody back and, like, have, like, a new – have, like, our, you know, younger quarterback, and it can be the same. It's like, no, every team that wins a championship, you need to change at some point. You need to, like, adapt to – because the game because the game's never the same every season. Yeah, and I feel like – Coaches leave. Obviously, like yeah. you guys had, coaches leave. They get hired because of that Super Bowl. Frank Wright leaves. Yep. Don G. Filippo, Don, whatever that's worth to you all. But he ends up, you know, becoming our coordinator – that following season, and I just think he was kind of put in a bad situation. And at the same time, all his receivers always get hurt, yep. you know. And then, and then, and then we, and then we decided, hey, let's let's not get Justin Jefferson. Let's go get Jalen Rager. And then uh, my whole, th- thank my whole thing, you. I was gonna get to that. I'm. So <laughs> I will glad. forever never forget this. And my whole thing too is like, I didn't hate the Jalen Hurts draft pick. I hated where you took him because yeah, for me, it's like okay, high. okay. So for me, if I'm if I'm if I'm, if I'm your quarterback and. If they never paid Carson Wentz and did that, I totally understand. Like, yo, fight for your job. But yeah. you just literally just paid me. So, for me, that's like, okay, that's assurance. Like, hey, they believe in my future. They want to invest in my success with this team, this organization. I'm the future of this team. Not like, hey, you know, we want to, you know, keep pressure. I'm like, bro, you just gave me a hundred and some million dollar guarantee. Like, what are we doing here? Oh, you could have drafted a receiver. And then they get in the season. And then, like, they don't – they decide to throw the ball these players and not get Miles Sanders the ball. Then everybody dies and gets hurt. And then, like, I'm, so it was just – it was a lot of breakdowns for me. Carson Wentz, A, did not play very well. I'll agree with that. But at the same time, it's like, you didn't put me as a quarterback. You didn't put me in a situation to succeed. Once you give Jalen Hurts the ball, you start running the ball and doing a whole bunch of plays you didn't do under me. So, obviously, at that point, I'm like, oh, what the fuck out of here? Like, Doug Peterson – I would tell you about it. Doug Peterson is an average coach. I don't care oh, why it's – I beg He stinks. Differ. He stinks. I he stinks, bro. I'm sorry. I think, he's, he, I think he's. I like his aggressiveness. I like he's willing to take a chance. Uh, I'm, I, I, I think he's a really great coach. I mean, the, that 2017. I mean, everything he did was t- turned into gold. You know, See, and my, I just my 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 whole thing. My whole thing for him is I feel like a lot of his success was due to the staff he had back then. And then when they wanted him to kind of update his play, I think he's. I think for him. His biggest thing was he wanted to be like a player's coach, which I 100% agree. But at the same time, I think and there were certain points where I feel like he should have put certain certain players in better positions. Like, for example, Jason Peters. Jason Peters, sir, if you ever hear this, I you you cool, but, like, you should have retired five years ago. He they kept bringing his old ass back, and, like, he kept getting hurt. And, like, they're like, yo, you got – um, I think it was uh, – it was like they brought some linemen, and they, they used to play – um, he used to play rugby. And he was like – they were teaching the position. I think it was Jordan Maliata, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude was playing exactly. great. No, and, and then they drafted like his, um Jason Peters' replacement like a year ago. Um, it was Andre Dillard. Dillard, Dillard. Yes. He was playing super well, and he had and like I guess they moved him to right tackle because Lane Johnson missed missed the game. Had a bad game. They benched him, and he never got his confidence back. And then you bring yeah. Jason Peters out there, and he's limping around one leg. And he, I'm like, bro, this is terrible. And then you had Fogum, who was playing super well, and they decided to bench him because. Alshon Jeffrey's big slow ass got hurt. Oh, man. No, I got healthy again, and he gets back on the field. He can't catch the ball, and I'm like, bro, like, what, like, what is going on? Are like concrete now because he's been injured so often. You know, you start oh, feel like you're running on nails because you're more bro. worried about getting injured again. It, it was the same with Deshaun too. Like, I, like Deshaun Jackson, like the Philly story was great, but he only played three games. He played three. He played games that one really years. good game with the Redskins, and he never played again. Ah, like, uh, that guy can never stay healthy. It's like I, I see he keeps getting jobs. I hope, bro. For him success but he just can't stay healthy anymore he just can't we've seen we've literally seen his whole career like through like like basically like 10 years like we remember when he got drafted how crazy he was with McNabb and like he was put big at best deep throughout all them plays and Michael Vick and he was a great receiver and it's just like you want to that's the type of player you want to see win a ring because it's like bro you literally like once you get a ring you're definitely solidified Hall of Fame because for his career I'm still like iffy if he'll make the Hall of Fame yeah and I think just with his injury history I think he's missed too many games and yeah. like to the point but obviously as an Eagles fan would you did you really think Justin Jefferson would have pro- produced the same way he no did? we like, would have ruined him I'm glad, and I'm you guys would have ruined and then also I almost think that it also kind of worked in your guys' favor in a sense that Rager was hurt and Rager was the guy the Vikings were going to take this because we assumed Eagles were going to take Justin Jefferson I, I think he showed flashes because he was hurt and you guys might have a better situation now with Devontae Smith and Jalen Rieger. And now you got a stud tight end in the making in Dallas Goddard. And you That's got my Miles boy. Sanders. That might have worked out better for you. It, 
Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be bitter because I'm still bitter we didn't get CeeDee Lamb, too, but we, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think, like, that was almost like a blessing because now if you get a healthy Rieger and you got Devontae yeah. Smith and now you got Miles Sanders and now you got Goddard, y'all got some y'all got some heat there. It's, I, I, I low-key like that little that little young court you guys got. We're going to be terrible on defense, but we're going to be fun on offense because okay, I don't yeah, know who. I'm curious. I'm curious <laughs> we just vibing this year. We, I'm we just, very we just, curious. Like, bro, I, I'm – for me too, because I feel because so for me, I was I'm a, I was a huge pro Wentz, but obviously since Wentz is gone, like, I gotta move on with my life. Yeah. So now I'm just like, hey man, like, because they're kind of because they're not really supposed to be good this year anyway. But you're playing in the NFC East where we know how that anybody can win that shit. Division. So you know, what I mean, somebody's gonna win that division going it's, seven yeah, and ten I mean, probably. Really out of it, like you guys <laughs> win that division. So it's like, yeah. are you guys really like gonna be a like? I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm so intrigued. Like anybody can literally win that division next year. Like, I'm any really one of those teams. I'm really surprised they're having a hard time trading Zach Ertz. Like they're like I'm they're having a really hard time him. moving him. Like nobody, I, I'm like, oh my god, like seventh round pick, six. They just they're, they, they I think the Eagles are just trying to take whatever at this. Bro, point. they I think I think they said they 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 were settling for like a they were like yo we'll we'll move him for a fifth pick. I'm like yo like for Zach Ertz like two years ago that guy was an All Pro tight end. And it's just crazy. I think I think it's crazy how when you look at injuries in the NFL, it's like one injury season can literally just like it derails just, your whole reputation. Yes, and it's just like a guy a guy that could have been a first. You wouldn't even fathom trading him. Now you're like a year later. Bro, just give us a six round pick. Fam, two what two years ago he was what like a top three, top five tight end easily. Literally, like bro. we were we were debating. Oh, is it him? Is it him? Kelsey? Is it him? Kittle? Is it Kittles? You know, we're like, you know, it's a it's a discussion now. It's just like no. It was all three. Like yep. even when you went into fantasy football, you're like, all right, there's three tight ends: Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz. Now it's like, damn, he fell that far from grace. Nah, man. See, man, you that's wake up one day and it's over, man. That's the nature of the the, the NFL, man. I, and I know, as in, and I and I and I see your tweets. You be a you, you be a sad Eagles fan, and I'm Maybe sitting here <laughs> down bad, bro. Your tweets, I'm like, did he forget? Y'all just hoisted the Lombardi three years ago. Oh, I swear to you, I will take ten years. <laughs> Of misery season for that one Lombardi, bro, that's, I that's, would not care. I tell you what, that's that. that Super Bowl feels like ten years ago. That, that, that Super Bowl feels like so far away at this point. I'm just like, bro, I don't know how. Because that season, I was telling you, I was like, I'm still surprised we won because I didn't think we. Because the year before that, we sucked. I'm like, I had no idea we were gonna turn flip the switch that season and just like go crazy. And I'm like, yo, I'm still like, holy shit, we actually did that shit then. Now it's just like, man, I don't – because I think every every time, like, if your team wins the Super Bowl, you're like, man, we're going to get back next year. And it's like, no, no, no. You're not. If you're not Tom Brady, you're not getting back here. <laughs> That's the thing with fans of, the, of you guys' division that yes. you guys expect to contend every year. And then you got fans like me, diehard Vikings fan of 20-plus years, of getting close to that doorstep and not even making it to the game. Us Vikings fans, we just want one. We really don't care. You guys about, deserve it, man. <laughs> we deserve it. They didn't put y'all through hell, man. Dream, dream Super Bowl matchup. That would just be my ideal matchup. I would love to see the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. I think the NFL deserves two teams that have never won the Super Bowl, been to the Super Bowl four times. Somebody's got to break. That would be the the best Super Bowl for an NFL storyline. Because I mean, they've you know, there's only. Yeah, you know, Brady, Rogers. You could you you you've already you've already seen these guys. But when you see two story franchises like that that are both 0 and 4 in Super Bowls, or you know, both somebody has to win, that would be I think would be the most intriguing Super Bowl matchup, and that would be just our chance at back at Diggs, and I think that would be the best Super Bowl in my opinion. If I had to pick an opponent to play in the Super Bowl, I mean, at this point I'll take just making the game, but at the same time, if they can make the game and play the Buffalo Bills, I. That would be a dream scenario for, if not the Bills, the Browns. Like I just two teams yeah. have just never been there. That'd be just good. That'd be that'd just be that'd just be good for like just the league too, because it's like like you said, like we can only see like you know like the Tom Brady's like like Tom Brady. I respect everything you're doing, but bro, at some point, can you like give it up? <laughs> like, That's what I'm no. saying. Like, I'm, we're tired of seeing the same Super Bowl. Look, we've like, seen the same. Seeing you here. <laughs> we've seen the same teams, you know, play in that cycle. It's like, all right, give us a team that you know they have diehard fans. Yeah. And we want to see a matchup of where there's like somebody's got to win this for the first time. Yeah, yeah, we I think we definitely need that. I think too. I, I also I think like the one the one organization I'm really happy that like won one Super Bowl and like has just had nothing but like poverty ever since, or just like gotten close, never got it. It's New Orleans Saints. 
I they hate don't I hate that team so much. You don't understand the amount of hate I have for the New Orleans. Like I, I think I, it got to a point that I hated the New Orleans Saints more than I hated the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's something different, man. <laughs> the way that the first of all, the way that they won that Super Bowl was at the expense of the Vikings. Yep. Uh, the Spygate. Sean Payton's just a smug, condescending. I can't stand him. Mm-hmm. The fact when we knocked him out the playoffs two years brought joy to my to my soul. But it's, just, the culture. it's not enough. Until we win, we will not forgive. We will not forgive the NFL. We will not get past Spygate until we win the Super Bowl. Kind of like the Cubs, you know. Like yeah, yeah. they didn't forgive Steve Bartman until they were they won the World Series. Now it's like, hey Steve Bartman, we love you, man. Come back. Now that they won the chip, you know the World Series. So I think we will not let that go until we bring a Super Bowl. Hey, Amen. All faith in Justin Jefferson, man. All man, faith, all, Justin all Jefferson, Irv Smith. You know, we. I, I'm. All I can say is, this is the year. <laughs> I'll say it every hey, year until, but we'll you got you got manifested speaking to existence, man. I'm, I'm we're gonna eventually speak into existence. Let's say everybody, T Russ, T Russ in the building. Follow him, Twitter, Instagram, T Russell. Let me let me uh, switch topics here. Switch gear, sports. I know, obviously, you are a uh, obviously a big basketball NBA fan. What, yes, sir. What were your thoughts of that NBA playing tournament? Like, did you uh, did, did you think that was worth? Like, the NBA should continue moving on forward. With, and I know, obviously, your favorite player, LeBron James, didn't speak highly about it. I'm curious to know your thoughts. I was gonna bring this up to you, but I was like, nah, let me, I, gotta talk to you. I gotta hear his voice on this one. So, so um, I I spoke about it on our podcast too. For me, I was kind of indifferent with it because my whole thing is like, okay, we got the play was cool this year, but let's be real, we only had one good game, which was the Laker Warriors game. And my really thing, I mean, look, think about look, look, look at the Grizzlies, bro. They, yeah, like whatever. So we don't like, get a Grizzlies playoffs if they don't, there's no playing, and they seem like the most deserving team. Yeah, and my and, and my my whole thing too, even but like the whole thing with the East too. Like we watched like the, the Hornets, they they lose by like thirty or forty, and I'm just like, all right, this is kind of ridiculous. but I will say I do think it did bring a next new level of excitement. I did think they weren't gonna do it last year. I thought they were just gonna do it just for last year because the way the season ended with the pandemic and stuff. And I also believe there's a conspiracy that they were really trying to get Zion in the playoffs last year. I'm I stick think with so. that conspiracy. They were they were trying hard. It's like yo, because you know they keep trying to force the Pelicans. Honestly, you know, put them on national TV every single week so we can watch that boring ass offense. Just to see Zion, bro. That, that that's a whole different other topic. But my whole thing is like I definitely was not a firm believer in it. They're kind of winning me over slowly. I'm still kind of you know stuck in my old ways kind of thing. But I think. It can get interesting now. If they do that whole midseason tournament thing, that's stupid. That's, that's dumb. Good. Don't don't, don't do that. I think they're doing. I think they're reaching now. I think yeah. to the point that because when you think about it, that playing tournament, that Lakers Warriors, that, that playing tournament actually generated the most views the NBA mm-hmm. has garnished since I think what the two thousand was at six nineteen NBA NBA Finals game. It drew the same um, more ratings than an NBA Finals game that they've had. And I think at the end of the day, it's a business, and they got to find ways to generate. Mm-hmm. You know, to spark interest to the casual fan, because obviously I think they're starting to lose the casual fan. Yeah, I think because, so too. And it all started with the low management and people not trying. I think you start to tune away fans, so they're trying to find new innovative ways to bring back the casual fans. So like, oh yeah, let's let's do a playing game, and I and I like that aspect because then it gives everybody has something to play for. Like you don't want to be seven if you're six, you know. If you're nine and ten, you're just like, just let us in. We just want to get in, you know. And it, I think it just makes. And then when you cut the season down ten games, it makes every game that much more meaningful, in my opinion, you know. We don't get a Grizzlies team. Uh, but now they're, they're they're taking the Jazz to the wire. I mean, those guys are scrappy. Like we're starting to see the Memphis Grizzlies. Like that, they're, they're for real. You know, yeah, I, I, I always tell people, I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies team is like what the Sacramento Kings thought they were going to be. I feel like they were like, they were literally like kind of like molded kind of the same. You know what I'm saying? They had, I feel like they still got the, they got, you know, like a talented young point guard. They got big, they got like young talent in general, but I feel like they're just finally putting it together. So yeah, I definitely think Memphis is a really interesting team. I don't have high hopes on Utah just because I just, Utah I'm reminds not me. On Utah either. Utah reminds me of those of the Atlanta Hawks back when they back in like 2015 when they won like 66 games. Yeah, the playoffs and got smacked. 
That's what it reminded me of. It's they like, were, it, and it, like the Raptors pre Kawhi, obviously they were yeah. like, yeah, yeah. That's the Utah reminds me of. I just I don't take them seriously, and I feel like they no. took advantage of the depleted Lakers. I think they took advantage of uh, yeah. you know LeBron and AD were hurt, so those those guys missed games. I I, I argue. I honestly think if LeBron and AD were healthy the whole year, they might have been. I think the Lakers would have been the one seed. Yeah, I think. Two. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely think that the whole like restart the season so quick did them no favors, and they kind of just because you because you because I think if anybody knew, AD was hurt in the finals last year too. Like when they talked about his heel was black and stuff, and he was like yeah. super banged up then. And then I think when he went out and LeBron was playing all his minutes, and he was putting, I'm like, okay, something's gonna happen because I'd have seen I'd have seen this story before. I'm like, he's getting older, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah he's beating father time, quote unquote. But it's like yeah, but you can still get these little. Tick, ticky tack injuries, and then you know Solomon Hill died into his ankle and his ankle, ankle and now he's out a month. You know, and I, yeah. I mean, you never beat Father Time. All he did is more, it's more so it's just good laying. Exactly. But like I was, I'll tell everybody else, man. When Father Time came up to D Wade, man, who D-Wade caught D Wade fast? He great. He's like, man, come here, boy. He caught, it got him fast. Man, I tell you, about Father Time caught D Wade in 2013, bro. Don't nobody want to talk about D Wade was D Wade was cooked after the second Heat championship. He was like, cooked. He barely held it together after the second championship. It's like, oh, okay, you can see it. Like, all right. Dwayne Wade's kind of, yeah, it, it, he's stretching, you know. And somehow he kind of just stayed longer than he, you know, longer than, somehow he lasted, what, five, six more years? Yeah, he would, he would, remember, okay, so after LeBron left in 2014, Wade played one more year at the Heat, and then he went to, went to the Bulls that went the one forgotten year of his career when it was like him, Jimmy Butler, and Rondo yeah. with that ugly, that was that terrible, ugly offense. Then he, uh, what happened there? I think he, did not he think went he to went, Cleveland, he went with LeBron. To, yeah, he went to Cleveland after that, and then he hunted. Like they found out he was a terrible teammate in that locker room, so he went back to Miami. That he was, was crazy. Just LeBron's boy, you know, he was just there, like this is LeBron's boy, you know. Bro, that's the one time. Like I'm a huge Bron fan, but he was a terrible teammate. Then when he was like, I don't know why they didn't want him on the team, and they were like, Well, we kind of already had like our nucleus, and you bring your friend here, and he doesn't really know how this like hierarchy works here. Yeah. Kevin Love, Kevin Love had a panic attack, and D Wade was like, Yo, why aren't you playing, man? <laughs> I think yeah, like, I think Wade just didn't fit that 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 team. Bro, that locker room that locker room was nasty. That, that was a whole. That was too many. They had like Derrick Rose. They had um, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Jay, uh, Jay Crowder. They had a whole bunch of just a mixture of dudes in there. I'm just like, yo, this looked cool if you play in 2K, but this yeah. looks terrible as and a then, normal like, team. They switched like they flipped the whole team at the deadline. I was yeah finals. Obviously, but just how I just how LeBron was able to put that team together. I I think those were one of his most remarkable years were in Cleveland, obviously. That twenty eighteen season just makes me mad because bro, he was going crazy all year and you just knew and you were just like, Man, you're doing all this and you about to get smoked in the finals. But worry, that was that team like, was so unfair. Like I I'm think, surprised Adam Silver let that happen. Like there's I, no I, way. I think Bron knew after they won, like when they when they won the Eastern Conference Finals, you knew he was like, man. Because <laughs> I remember game one, bro. He was he had like what fifty one in game one, and like Jr. Oh, you know, and Jr. messed it up for him. No, no, I don't blame Jr. I blame, but I still hate George Hill for this. George Hill goes to the free throw line, bro. All you all you got to do is hit these free throws. I've seen you hit numerous free throws when you play for the Pacers, when you yes. play for the Spurs. You go up there, you miss one of the. I'm like, bro, no, and. It, I still hate George. George, I still hate you for that. I honestly go- think if that if the if, if the Cavs took Game One that year, because that Warriors team struggled against Houston the series before. Let's not forget. Yep, yep. But if if they beat them that that game, now we're talking about a whole different series. That's, that's I, I, that one is always gonna be the most intriguing one that yeah that sticks on me. Like man, if that if the Cavs are able to win that Game One series, how you never know. Series? You know, and I, and I just think that they could they they could have possibly stole. After, they were cooked after that game one. Yeah, it was that morale. Ron broke his wrist, quote unquote, allegedly punched the yeah, fire. Yeah, and it just like it just I, snowballed, and you knew it was over. I told people, Brown got a couple moments in, in, in his history where, as, as a LeBron fan, I can't defend that. When he came to the press conference, the thing on his hand, I can't defend that. Two thousand one finals, just, can't defend that. You can't. <laughs> it's just it's it's um. You can't defend it, but at the same time, he's such a great player. You can get yeah. He's just like, eh. like if they let Jordan get away with being the biggest asshole, just <laughs> like they can let LeBron get away with, with his little minor theatrics. Like I would tolerate that over like imagine if Michael Jordan's 
you know, business is getting aired out like that now with social media. It's like, oh, would he be, would he be, dark would days, he be beloved still? Because we didn't get behind the, you know, we didn't get reporters like this behind the scene information yeah. that you do now, you know. Yeah, and, it, it's definitely different social media too. Because I think you look at it like how, like, you know how players are covered now. It's just like, they go, I feel like, I feel, I feel like back then before they had social media, they had at least some level of like, not integrity, just kind of like certain things. Like, okay, we're not going to talk about this. Not going to Now they go into everything. Now, like everybody's hey. just trying to get the latest scoop and information. Yep. And they, they're, you know, obviously now you got Shannon Sharp calling Julio Jones on set, <laughs> asking about a trade. Like everything is so accessible now. Everything is recorded. Everything is documented. And it's to the sense it's like wow. Like you, can, yeah, you know. So like, to, for LeBron to keep, you know, like such a clean image like i respect him for that i think i personally i've come around i, I arguably think he's the greatest basketball player to have ever played this game because honestly i don't i the things he can do the thing the feats that he's done the way that he can pass play defense score carry a team i just i don't see any other player of his magnitude and as a kobe fan I, obviously kobe liked to be more so he wanted to be the next heir apparent to jordan as opposed to LeBron, he was, you know, the target was on him as he got drafted, you know. That's very true. From from high school. They were airing his high school game. Like, Jordan, nobody was really following him in college, you know, that, you know, start becoming Jordan until, you know, seven, eight years into his career. I suppose the spotlight was on LeBron right away, mm-hmm. you know, and what he was able to accomplish. The man won three championships for three different – I mean, he won a championship for three different franchises. Let's be real. I don't, I don't, I don't see any other basketball player – accomplishing yeah it's it's gonna be a tough year. I, I said in our podcast too i was saying i was like if you look at like the like the current like top nba players like i feel like lebron's the last player that has the mindset of i want i at least still want to take a stab at being the goat exactly. i feel like people like kevin durant i feel like steph curry i feel like james harden i feel like Kyrie to an extent i feel like a lot of them are content with where their career is and they're just like hey i just want to I just want to basically live life happy and play basketball. I just want to play basketball. You know what I'm I think they're the Kevin Durant's not more so focused on his his legacy more so. Yeah. Uh, he just wants to play basketball. He live. You can tell he lives, breathes, uh, eats basketball. He's not like LeBron, where LeBron has got other ventures, and I think he mm-hmm. he wanted to expand more than he just he used his ability of basketball and his talents of basketball to open up more doors for himself. And I think exactly. more players are starting to realize that watching LeBron, like man, got the blueprint. I see LeBron making all these endorsements, and now he got his friends, you know, an agency, Clutch Sports. Now he's doing Space Jam too. Now he's doing, you know. Uh, uh, HBO documentaries, and you're starting to see like he's more, you know, he's trying to be like he wants to be like he wants a legacy past basketball, like where he's still a prominent, you know, figure. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely gonna be uh, interesting to kind of see how the whole legacy ends on that one to kind of you know see the end of the story because like that's another person we've seen like the journey, and it's like man, like once once we finally once he finally puts like you know a close in the chapter, closing the book. You know, it's definitely gonna look back and be like, damn, like I really did all this. Like, he, like when you think about the big three era, like, bro, that feels forever ago. <clears throat> literally, bro. Like, that yeah, was like 2010. Like... That was literally a whole different decade. And I he's was... had three different decades. Like, he's had his first years in Cleveland where he had the, them, you know, competing, had Cleveland in championship. Then he goes to Miami and you forget he was a villain. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Good times, man. That was a great times. Like, I, 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 that was like, he, and he kind of shook up the NBA in a sense, like everyone bashed LeBron so quote unquote for what he did in Miami, and all of a sudden, because everybody else is doing it now, it's like, oh, you know, I don't feel like everyone got the same amount of heat. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> That's the pun intended. No one got as much criticism and ridicule as LeBron did when he joined the Heat. Obviously, he did the whole, you know, the whole uh, decision, and I'm taking my talents to South Beach. But at the end of the day, the man still donated all that money to the Boys and Girls Club. So, like, it was still for a good – even if he, quote-unquote, was being selfish, it was still a selfless act in which he was still helping, you know, helping out and donating the money to a better cause. See, he's just a great – just, just a great guy. Just a great guy, man. Five he's an man. overall great guy. And <laughs> sure, he can be a little dramatic, but – it's warranted. He deserves, you know, to be given some slack. If, if, if the if the worst thing you can say about LeBron James is he's dramatic, oh, he did quote, unquote, <laughs> dramatic and theatrical, then 
you know you are a upstanding citizen. Yeah, but, that's but yeah. The, the worst thing they, the worst thing they bring up is like, okay, sorry, I misspoke on the like I misspoke on this political thing, but it's like that's all you can really pull out of my seventeen to eighteen year career. I did something right along the way. Yeah, like, and, like I didn't mess up too bad. I mean, there there's not a flaw in LeBron James, in my opinion. I'm sure you can say he lost whatever many finals, but the man still went to 10 finals, and it's hard to win every finals when you're playing the legendary San Antonio Spurs with Pop, with Pop Duncan, mm-hmm. Ginobili, Parker. Tony, yeah. Then you Young got Kawhi, like, like... Steph and Clay, and then yeah. you're like, damn, I gotta beat them. And then I had to go beat the, the Pistons in my air. Like, bro, at some point, you're like, it's it's this like this is daunting. Like people don't underestimate the competition he's playing in the finals. I think too. Also, people got realized too that every finals LeBron's played in outside of last year, he was never favored to win. That's why people mad about last year. I'm like, bro, I'm glad they finally gave LeBron an easy one because it's like, bro, every time I have a really good team, some random person decides, hey, yo, let's go link up, and y'all just make it super difficult. Because <laughs> it's like 2016 finals, we was like, yo, we got we you know we got a we got a rivalry with these guys. What, what that was God. That was our greatest finals I've ever watched. Like that fourth quarter was some ugly offense, but man, it was so entertaining, bro. So dramatic. The, this, the, this, that hands down might go down in the NBA history as the greatest series, one of the greatest series in NBA Never. finals history. Seven games down 3 1. No one's ever done it. LeBron, legendary game, him and Kyrie, legendary performances, game five, game six, game seven goes down to the wire. Then you got the LeBron, legendary block, Kyrie, big shot. I just wish that they were able to, you know. I think yeah. they 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 deserve two championships. I think they should have won two championships together. Yeah, I think it's the, yeah it's the, it's definitely you know seeing like how stuff ended with them and kind of seeing where they are now. It's definitely like kind of sad to see. But I definitely think later down the road they're probably gonna have that kind of Shaq and Kobe moment, like where they kind of sat down and be like, hey, like you know, we've been through a lot together. Like we understand, like when we were, you know we're teammates. Like hey, like we might have not saw eye to eye, but we definitely did accomplish a lot. And at this point, we need to kind of let bygones be guys bygones. I think at some point they're going to have to probably do that, but probably not now because they don't like each other at the moment. So <laughs> I think they're <laughs> you know, cool. I think I think they're cordial. Yeah, I don't think so, bro. Because I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch my All Star Weekend when the Nets played the Lakers. I saw zero interaction. I didn't even see like a like a fake. Like, yo, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, hey, good game. I feel hey, like you know. <laughs> I think I, I think it was more so Kyrie was just a little bit jealous of LeBron. More so, than yeah. I would tell people, I think, like, that whole situation, like, because at first I was like, man, I'm on, I'm on Bron's side, Bron's side. And I look back and I'm just like, there's a lot of stuff Bron could have handled better, in my opinion, in that situation. It was like, hey, you could have definitely, like, kind of, I feel like, because I feel like at some point Bron was probably like, hey, if you want to be here, cool. If you don't, like, I'm going to move on kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like he probably, if he was really like, yo, I didn't want Kyrie to leave, I think he probably should have been like, yo, let me really, like, kind of really go over the top for it. But I think at that point he kind of knew, like, okay, that, ship, that, that ship's dead. So I just got to, you know kind of focus on who I still have here as my teammates and just move forward. Yeah. And I, I hope, I hope for the sake of the NBA and the sake of NBA Twitter, sake of the NBA fan, sake of just to, to, to put an icing on this season. I hope we really truly get the Brooklyn Nets versus the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA. I want everybody. That's the only finals I'm looking forward to. I don't want to see anybody else in the finals. I don't care who comes out the West. I don't care about them. Sorry, Clippers. Them sorry. Oh, we got to get to them, but oh, we got the sorriest, Sorriest franchise, just uh, they belong. To, they belong. They belong. They curse, bro. San Diego. They don't deserve to have Los Angeles in front of their name. I'm gonna tell you this, bro. If they lose in the first round, it's not gonna hit the same as last year because last year the media it, was super. The media was nasty last year. Calling the L.A. Bulls, saying, "Oh, who's gonna score on this Clippers team? Everybody gonna score on them because the defense is overrated." Like, they are. <laughs> I'm like, bro. The fact that like they re- okay, so y'all told me Kawhi- they told me Kawhi, oh man, he he Kawhi Jordan, you know he he's the best perimeter shooter, best lockdown defender. Then whatever, then we all start seeing number one Kawhi really can't create for nobody. His defense really ain't like that no more. No like, more, he's not. I think yeah, I'm just like I think he's probably overrated. Yeah, and and Paul, Paul George finally proven that Paul George is low key a poor man's Kevin Durant. I, yeah, he 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 kind of just be out there vibing like he just be like, hey, if I got it this game, I got it. If I don't, I don't. Pat I Beverly. feel like yeah, he's a poor man. I would more so say he's a he's a poor man's kind of Dwayne Wade because in a sense he tries to play like Dwayne Wade. Yep. He's a poor man's Dwayne Wade, and yes. I mean when I say poor, I'm saying I'm talking I'm filing for unemployment. 
I ain't got no money. I need a stimulus check. Poor. You got a PPP loan scam. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, he played. He's played well this season. And I just think, I mean, so far in the playoffs, but I feel like they're, since they're not winning, it just put you. It's it just more smear campaign, and it's just like. And I feel like he brings it on himself because, bro, like he, he be talking every off season. Like I remember, okay, so last year it was man, they ain't gonna know what to do with us. Then they, they, then they, they start the season off or whatever. They beat the Lakers, so you know they got it. That's their championship right there. Well, we beat them on Christmas. We beat them opening night. You know what I'm saying? So then they go to um the pandemic happens. He goes on like, man, you know we just man we we ready to we get back and we ready to run through the league. They get to the bubble. They fumble at. They look terrible in the bubble. Oh, and, it, and he said, you know, I, I had a lot of depression, anxiety, which hey, mental mental health we, that's very important. But you're not about to use it as an excuse. I'm sorry, buddy. No. And then he, and then he, then he, then he goes on all the smoke, throws Doc Rivers under the bus. Well, you know, Doc had me doing a bunch of pin downs, had me out there playing like Ray Allen. And then it's like, okay, so now you got this year. What's the excuse now? I mean, I don't think Ty Lue's that good of a coach anyway. But Ty Lue doing the probably the best he can. But at the same time, I mean, it's like the best he can. I mean, and not only does it make it more pathetic, they intentionally wanted the Dallas Mavericks. It's like, okay, Luca's been killing us for the last eight games. Cooking us. He cooked us last year. We struggled to beat them last year with an injured Luca and a missing Porzingis. Now we're like, hey, yeah, let's get that team. Like, I could I don't understand the logic behind that. And it's like, yeah, let me go play a team that we know we can't guard their best player. They got nothing for him. That's a, that's the thing too. And it's just like like I look I look at that series and I still think it's gonna be I think it's still gonna be like a long series, but I'm really if I'm Dallas, I gotta split both I gotta split these games. I, I gotta I, win I'm, one game at you home. You gotta it's win like, one of them. They were better off playing Portland. Like Portland's their kind of matchup. Yeah. Portland's, Portland's a weird team to me, bro. Portland's a weird like Dallas is like they scare me. Like they like if there was a team who told me like what team in the West scares you, like as yeah. a team, I'm like, I want nothing to do with Dallas. Because they have a seven just... quarter that can shoot in Przingis. They got a bunch of shooters, they got a bunch of scrappy players, they got mm-hmm. a coach that has championship pedigree. Yeah. I'm like, I want nothing to do with the Dallas Mavericks. Man, I, I somebody said this on Twitter, they said, Man, wait till they actually put a like 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 a like if they keep improving that team around Luca, woo. I can see them I, making the finals in the next few Yeah, because I'm still kind of iffy. I'm still iffy on KP just because his health is just concerning to me. Yeah. But, like, Tim Hardaway, man, Tim Hardaway, I used to slam you on the Knicks. I thought you was kind of trash. But, like, yeah. man, Buddy been shooting. Man, he, man, he looked like Ray Allen out there. He was like, out there okay. pulling from deep. I'm like, hold up. Whoa. <laughs> and then, and like then uh, Bronson been out there hooping. Cleve, uh, I'm like, damn, who, who are these dudes? Feeney yeah, Smith. They, I'm like, bro, what kind of squad these dudes got? I forgot they had Richardson. I totally forgot. I, I forgot and about him. Richardson. Yeah, you're right. I'm just like, man, because I now because I remember when they, when they let when they let Steph go, I was like, oh, when they let uh, Seth when they let Seth go last because he's with the Sixers now. I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of concerned about their shooting, but I'm like, they ain't missed a beat. They look better now this year than they did last year. Like I, they they just they added. Ah, oh, man, that team scares me. Luca is the truth, the My, truth, and I think and with. Obviously, the trade with Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. I feel like I mm-hmm. think that's the one trade that worked out for both. In a yeah, sense. that's what somebody was saying too. I was like, I agree, hundred percent. But Luca's better. Yeah, and I, I feel think... like Luca's in a better situation for him. He's better fit for Dallas, and Trey's a better fit for the Atlanta Hawks. I think if I'm if I'm the league, honestly, I think because I think the league at this point they're definitely looking towards the next five, ten years, saying, okay, yeah, this this person's going to be the face of the league. If I'm them. There's three people I think could be the face. I think it either got to be Trey Young, either got to be Luca, or oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw a wild card out there. Young's 4PF Edwards from the Timberwolves. Oh my man. God, Anthony Edwards! I'm Rookie so of the year. Brought him up. I I since then I've every episode I've dropped I've I have given that man an apology. I slandered that man, I kinda and I was so hurt <laughs> that we passed up Lamelo Ball for him. And at first. I was like, man, LaMelo's balling. And I'm like, bro, this dude ain't playing. He can't shoot. I, it was just all it did was fuel my rage even more. And then once they fired Ryan Sanders and was like, they started letting Anthony Edwards play, I'm like, bro, this dude's a dog. Dog, man. A dog. This, ain't, I, this dude ain't nothing like Andrew Wiggins. This dude's a dog. He's just the charisma he brings. He's got everybody fired up. I love the new coach, uh, Chris Finch. I think the Wolves got something going with Anthony Edwards. And yeah. – 
I will not. Even if I was, if we had to do that draft all over again, and what I know now, Anthony Edwards is going number one, and I'm not looking back. For for whatever it's worth, Lamelo Ball is before his injury, he was the rookie of the year, but he got hurt. I'm sorry it happens, but you don't. And the performance of Anthony Edwards, I swear, if they rob Anthony Edwards, I think they're going to. If I they rob that. him of the rookie of the year, there is a. I think that there is a media bounty out for Minnesota because they already robbed Justin Jefferson. Now they want to rob Anthony Edwards of the Rookie of the Year when clearly they're the two best rookies in their collective sports, in their respective sports. Yeah, I just – yeah, like, like, like I said, I think Anthony Edwards, he was – he was averaging like 25-5 and 4th in the end of the season, something like that. Something and like that. This, and, and, and it was just his impact of the game. I mean, this guy was dunking on grown yeah, that, men. Bro, he had the highlights, the interviews, man. I'm like – It's just his swag, his charisma, like – he is Atlanta. Like, he just, like, that's an Atlanta, uh, you know? Like, he's just, his charisma, his, like, his, his he's funny on the mic, you know, on pros game, you know, interviews. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he brings a fire out in Cat, D-Lo. They, they're, they're, you know, they, he galvanizes them. He's got their support. I just feel like he is a franchise-changing player, and he might be our franchise-changing player since KG. In hopes. That we don't get relocated to Seattle, but that's for another story. I, I hope the NBA a- adds two more teams so we don't have to worry about any relocation. Yeah, man, we we don't we don't let us just keep what we got. Like come that's on, what I'm now. saying. Like, like just add two teams. Like add Las Vegas, give them and Seattle yeah. a basketball team, and then you can move the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies to the Eastern Conference. I'm cool with that. Exactly, man. Don't relocate. Yeah. Just expand. They definitely should move. They definitely should move the Timberwolves to the East. Like, come on, man. Like, move we Milwaukee are, to the West or something. Like, come on now. Like Memphis shouldn't be in the in the West. Like, come on, bro. They're literally the most East team you can think of. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a lot of the conferences are still like this. It's not making any sense. I think they they should. Like, I think that's more so what Adam Silver would rather do. Yeah, is add two teams and relocate another team. For sure. Because why relocate Seattle when we can just give them a franchise and give Vegas exactly. a franchise? And now I have 32 teams, and so now I can evenly split, you know? Because you still have an issue with seed. Even if you move Minnesota to – like, you still, like, you know, you you still leave a vacant market. In my mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I don't – I'm hoping that works out for the best so you know, we don't end up losing them. So hopefully they can stay. Uh, hopefully, because we got something brewing, and – Glenn Taylor, he just shows more and more of of the snake he is. And he did, just, he did KG dirty, didn't he? He did KG dirty, and not only that, he made some sneaky business transactions with uh, Mark Lore and A Rod, and now the minority owner is filing a complaint to that the NBA that you know he left out the part in the buying agreement that was should have been mentioned that he cannot relocate the team. It's gonna, it's, gonna, it's gonna get interesting. <laughs> and even if they relocate, it'd be about four years from now, you know. And I, I okay. and I think Adam Silver should step in and just kind of avoid relocation. You might as well just add two teams, you know, because Seattle, you 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 would garnish more, you know, more interest when you keep a team. You keep that fan because low key Timberwolves fans are diehard. They're very loyal. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of those oh. games be like sold, if not if not sold out, close to it. Like you, like there's a lot of people in Minnesota that are like showing up for these games, really like providing that support. And I think, in my opinion, that they should keep them. And as like I said, you can sell more merchandise when you had a new, you know, re, re, remake, redo the Seattle the SuperSonics like they did with the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. And mm-hmm. you know, Vegas is, you know, they they got their football team, they got a hockey team, and now you just give them a basketball team. I think that would be better for the NBA because now you got you get to keep the fan base that you had in Minnesota and also attract new fans by adding two new teams. And I think that's a better look it's in a win. My opinion. It's a win win that way. A win win that way. Instead of losing a fan base just to fill another fan base. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's like you can gain double the view because if you're in a league that's trying to garnish more attention and more viewership and more interest, you keep out it's like and Add two more teams. But 
Once again, T. Russ in the building, co-star of the Sunday Dinner Podcast, available on all major platforms. What what do you got to get off your chest? I'll, for all the listeners out there, what would you like to get off your chest before you got to get out, before they kick us out? I always get ejected every game. You know, man, <laughs> my hot takes, I get a little angry. Oh, man. I, I get kicked out. What do you got to get out your chest so I'm not the only one that gets a technical out here? I already got off my Tim Tebow take. I already got that. I already got that out the, the talk. Um, I would probably say just like obviously the stuff we saw yesterday, with all the all like the fans just like doing shit to like players and stuff. Yeah, y'all gotta stop. Okay, we spent a whole year being quarantined, not being able to do anything. And now the first time y'all get outside, y'all not do not know how to act. So please, just like if you go in these games, just respect the players because y'all just wild and like you can't just. I get it. You pay for a ticket, but that don't give you a right to start disrespecting just normal grown people. Like we're not doing that. We're You're not, not doing that. Throwing popcorn on players, spitting on like, players, like it's like just... bro, like you you out here getting banned. You just for season tickets, you paid. I'm pretty sure like a lot of money for it. So like, what was the point of this? Like, were you just trying to go viral? You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people, if you're gonna go to these games, treat treat everybody there with respect, especially the players. So that's my yeah. thing. I gotta say, because you come you know, to watch them play. You, exactly. You spend a whole year with no fans. Now that you're finally allowed, you want to start acting a damn fool. Also, Nick fans, relax, okay? Like y'all won one game. Let's let's. let's I'm here. Yeah. I'm seeing a video about we won Brooklyn. No, you don't. No. <laughs> Get to Atlanta first, and I, that's my arguably the most intriguing series that I'm looking oh, to get into. Can't wait, guys. The most intriguing is that Hawks Knicks. That just how they the tense the the generated beef. You know, it's gonna be good, bro. That one's gonna be a great ending of the series. Obviously, I don't see any of those teams getting past the second round, but at least they give us some drama because other other series don't seem to be too compelling. They really don't. Not at all. No offense, they just seem like going through the flow. But the next, the Knicks and the Hawks, you're seeing the intrigue. You're seeing the they they're like going at it. Two teams that aren't used to being in the playoffs. New yeah. York. I'm glad they're back in the playoffs. We deserve the Knicks. The NBA is a better league when the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers are relevant. So that's that's the truth. I think I feel like those. I feel like those two. I feel like them. Maybe the Celtics, but I'm so I'm not. Really I don't Celtics care if the Celtics know. too much. I'm <laughs> the Knicks and Lakers. Yeah. As long as those two historical organizations. Two historic organizations. I like seeing Spike back. Yep. I like how Trey Young re re. Uh, remade his Reggie Miller shutting up Spike Lee. Like I said, that's the most. They might not get past the first round, but at least they're making the first round more intriguing. I'm so glad the NBA playoffs are finally back with fans, I must say. I'll be tuned into all the games. Once again, everybody, my boy T. Russ, co-star of the Sunday Dinner Podcast. Follow my boy on Twitter, Instagram. Give him the handle. Uh, T Russell three L's on all social media platforms. I do appreciate you having me on, bro. Next time you're in the city, we gotta have you on ours, man. Gotta bring you on there. You know, what oh I'm man, it's only right. I look forward to hopping on the podcast once again. Sunday dinner podcast, being technical podcast. However, you get your however you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Anchor app. That's our time. We gotta go. We out. Appreciate you, bro. No problem, bro. Take care. You too, man.